0: I guess I was a little shocked more than anything because I didn't expect that answer because I was expecting, you know, okay, well, give yourself three to six months and then start back slowly kind of thing. You know, that was just, I guess my expectation would be his reply. And and when it wasn't, then, you know, then I, I did start kind of searching around a little bit and seeing, you know, well, what, what kind of stories are out there about people that have come back from running?
1: As you get older, is it bad for you to run? That is a question that I tend to receive often. I want you to listen into to Mark as he describes how he has overcome aging and running. Here's Mark. Well, Mark, welcome to the Freedom Stories podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Well, yeah, thank
0: you. Thank you for asking me. I'm happy to help out. This sounds like a, a great project.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. And kind of like we talked about the whole purpose of the podcast is to kind of change a mindset, right? That if you work hard and you, you put energy and effort towards fitness and health, you should have some, some payoffs for that. And, And you've done that and you found it in a unique way. So I'm just glad that you're here so that you could share your story. So thanks for again, for being here and, um, glad that the listeners get to hear it. Yeah, you bet. So Mark, let's just start off with kind of the typical question. What's your rap sheet? What does it look like for, for you? How old are you actually? So I'm 57. I'll be 58 in in, uh, September. Yep. All right. 58 years young. And uh, again, what does life look like for, for you? Uh, So very happily married for coming up on 34
0: years and uh, no kids, but we've got a a great dog that keeps us very entertained. And uh, um so we're in the Kansas City area. Uh, I'm from Colorado, my wife's from Michigan. Um, we met in kind of a roundabout way at college um, and that was at a small school uh, south of Wichita, St. John's College, um, hmm. way, way, way back in in, the, in uh, 1983, 84. Um, and, and so Karen, my wife, um, she was a couple of years a couple of grades ahead of me she ended up getting her uh, teaching degree and she got a teaching job in Wichita after teaching back in her hometown for a couple of years and i was still going to school i had transferred by that time to colorado state back where i'm from and i graduated in midyear she already had a teaching job in uh, Wichita and so you know the goal for me is now i got to find a job and We were planning to get married, so it seemed to make sense to go to Wichita and look for work, and um, if you're not in the airline industry, especially at that time, uh, it it was pretty slim pickings for uh, employment in (laughs) in Wichita, Wichita. specifically, yeah, 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 Yeah. so uh, started looking around a little farther, you know, outside of that area, and uh, we ended up in Kansas City, she was able to teach at a school that she had done some student teaching up here. They had an opening I found a job up here and uh, you know, it works out well. We're, we're kind of, you know, we're away from both families, but we're kind of
1: sort of midway in between. And so uh, it's, it's been good. Yeah. And from that exercise, fitness always been a part of your life or is it something that's been pretty new?
0: Yeah, pretty much always a part of my life, you know, grew up playing Lots of little league sports and stuff, and then uh, kind of focused on basketball all through high school. And um, that was why I went to St. John's College was I was able to play basketball my freshman year down there. Really great experience. Um, not such a great team. We kind of got our brain speed out <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot. It was a very small school, and uh, you know we did the best we could. But it was a really good experience. And um, you know, then, just growing up uh, in Colorado um, you know it's a it's a pretty active state so you know did a lot of biking did some skiing when I was much younger kind of stayed away from it as I got into high school a little more because I didn't want to didn't want a skiing injury to mess up basketball season
1: you know yeah
0: and uh, so then uh, really just kind of Kind of stuck with being active through my life. Uh, played basketball a lot, even after um, after college, and and when we came out here, um, always liked to to run and and um, and bike and be active. And so that kind of got derailed for me for a little bit when I had a herniated disc um, in two thousand. Um, and so ended up having to have surgery on that, and, and the surgeon at the time, he, you know, I asked him specifically about, you know, how soon can I get running again, and he kind of was like, well, why would you do that? <laughs> and, you know, that just seemed like a really terrible answer to me, because I just figured, you know, okay, this doesn't mean the end of my activity, just because I've had a back injury, you know, I know that people come back from this, and so um, You know, I just kind of kept working at getting better, trying to learn what I could about, you know, what contributes to low back injuries and, you know, core exercises and hamstring stretches and things like that, that seemed to to kind of be contributors. So I started slowly doing that and building up how much I could uh, ride. I did a lot of bike riding to kind of recover. And then um, one of the things that I learned just sort of trial and error, because I was sort of persistent about I really would like to get back to running was um, there was a, a relatively steep hill in a neighborhood next to where we lived and so I would ride my bike over to the hill and then I would try to slowly work into running by running up the hill because the angle of the hill kind of helped diminish the impact of landing for me it seemed like you know okay I'm not I'm not pounding as much because I'm I'm climbing the hill so to speak mm-hmm. and then just you know, kind of, kind of worked back into it from there. remember we went on vacation in Florida around that time as I was kind of recovering and, you know, I always figured, well, you hear that running on the sand is a much softer surface. So let me, let me try to run a little bit. And I was happy because I was able to actually run for a little bit and, you know, didn't really suffer any ill effects of my back, you know, aching or acting up on me afterwards. And so it just kind of, you know, like I say, was persistent in, in continuing to, to do what I could to to get back to the point where I could run, and so I did that. And um, I think one of the things that kind of stuck out to me is when I was at when I was at Colorado State, one of the classes I took was a uh, exercise physiology course, and it was really interesting because we did a lot of really cool stuff, and the the instructor kind of had a, a session or you know a, a, a lesson if you will on exercise through life you know that there's various stages you're going to go through where you may not be able to do some of the things you did earlier but you need to do something still to be active and keep your body going kind of move it or lose it sort of mentality and I really latched on to that that made a lot of sense to me so um, that's kind of been sort of the underlying thought process for me with with just being active and
1: yeah. And when you brought up the running up the hill, of course, you know, I work with so many runners, uh, you being one of them, my brain just exploded on all the biomechanical reasons as to why that worked out. And it just happened stance that you put all those pieces together that allowed for you to do that. What, what made you think of that? I mean, I know shock absorption, right? You weren't pounding, but yeah, was, there, think- was there anything that you read on the internet or I mean, what what guided you to that conclusion? You know, I, I really, um, I, I can't say that I,
0: you know, read something and was kind of aha. It just seemed to me that I, you know, I just thought back to when I'm running up a hill, I'm generally having to stay on my toes. It's a shorter stride. You know, you're just sort of all those things that you would think would be beneficial to helping to minimize the stress or the impact on, you know, the the pounding so to speak that maybe your lower back takes and so that was just kind of I don't know um, God-given inspiration I don't yeah. know what but you know it was just it
1: just made sense to me that
0: that would be an easy way to maybe try to transition back to getting a, a running activity again
1: absolutely and for listeners that are wanting a little golden nugget that's a great way to get back going is find a little hill and run up it that's incredible that really can make a big difference and, That's so cool that you found out and figured it out, uh, just on your own, just on a, a whim. That's, that's nice.
0: Uh, all these years later to have somebody like you to sort of reaffirm that because I, I, you know, it worked for me. I wasn't sure if that was really the, the, the sound way to go, but it did.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it pretty much could almost work for anybody to be completely honest with you. I mean, ground reaction forces, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So if you hit the ground with a certain amount of force, the ground's going to hit you back with that same amount of force. And you have to figure out how to attenuate that shock or absorb it. You and I have talked a lot about that, but most runners don't realize that. And again, when runners are um, pounding away, you know, pounding the pavement, forces are going through their bodies and they're either using their bones or their muscles to absorb it. And when you run up a hill, you almost force yourself to use muscles. It's almost impossible to use bones. Now coming down the hill, that's a different discussion because that's almost all bone if you don't figure out a way to you know sink into the hill a little bit but that's for a different different topic but um yeah how did you get down the hill so then i would just walk back down okay so you wouldn't yeah yeah, yeah just you know
0: try to go up and and you know it, it wasn't uh it, it was a pretty decent hill um and so it would it would i hadn't run i wasn't in great shape so it would kind of wear me out i'd run part of the hill and walk back down and you know get about halfway down turn around and go back up again and that time, that sort of thing and then and then hop on my bike and and you know ride home and kind of try to build up the cardio a little more that way on my
1: bike so yeah and what was the purpose of that i mean you had a surgeon tell you not to do that that's kind of a big deal right i mean it's kind of scary when a neurosurgeon i'm assuming yep, looks at you and says you probably really shouldn't do that in fact why would you even want to do that and so that's embedded So were you not just terrified to do it after someone like that, with that kind of credentials told you not to? I mean, that seems... I
0: I kind of, I guess I was a little shocked more than anything because I didn't expect that answer because I was expecting, you know, okay, well, give yourself three to six months and then start back slowly kind of thing. You know, that was just, I guess my expectation would be his reply And, and when it wasn't, then you know, then I, I did start kind of searching around a little bit and seeing, you know, well, what, what kind of stories are out there about people that have come back from running? And I'd read some, you know, in runner's world or whatnot that, yeah, people have had back surgery. And then lo and behold, they're, you know, a year later, they're back to running and and doing, you know, what they were doing before. And so it just seemed to me that, okay, I I had an issue, we fixed it surgically. And he didn't say that, you know, you have a whole bunch of other discs that are, you know, degenerating and that they look like they're in really bad shape and, you know, that kind of thing. So I guess I didn't see that there was a lot of reason for that extreme caution, I guess, was kind of my thought process.
1: Why do you think he said that, or she?
0: It it was he, and you know, I think it's just um, kind of that, Mindset, and we talked about this a little bit too. Where where people just sort of tend to say, and maybe kind of buy into that. Well, as you age and as you get older, there are certain things that you have to not do anymore. And I don't know. I just, I guess, I've read enough about people being very active and into their late seventies and eighties. And
1: yeah, you're only thirty six at the time, right? I mean, that was yeah, yeah, twenty two years ago. You're fifty eight now, so you're thirty six. So Exactly. You're basically my age.
0: Yeah. So that that was kind of the thing. I'm like, well, that just, that doesn't seem right. I'm not, you know, I'm not an old guy yet. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it was just that mindset of, I would like to keep active and I would like to keep myself going. And, and that would be really limiting to me if, it, you know, if running was out of the equation.
1: Yeah. So fast forward 22 years now, right? It's 2022. Mm-hmm. Have you been running all this time? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So you I know, downhill uh, ran up it, got yourself going a little bit more flat, and now twenty-two years later, you got yourself running again. Now you're now you're fifty-eight, so you're you're not the old guy per se yet, but you're a lot older than you were twenty-two years ago. Yep. So what was what brought you to us? What kind how'd you kind of find us? So yeah, that that
0: was kind of. Um... You know, I'd been continuing to run and and about this time a year ago, I was starting to have some pain in, in the ball of my right foot. And it was kind of intermittent. It didn't really prevent me from running, but I noticed after I ran, like the longer that I sat at my desk or something, you know, then it would kind of stiffen up and feel sore. And I went in September last year just for my annual physical. And I mentioned it to my general doctor and he said, you know, there's some extra padding type things you can buy over the counter stuff that you can put underneath the sole of your shoe. And, and, you know, let's try that. That's probably all you've got is, you know, a little bit of uh, inflammation or some irritation there. And, and, you know, let's see how that goes. Well, I tried that and that didn't help. And it seemed to actually kind of get a little worse more quickly. And then, then I went back to him and he referred me to a podiatrist. And, you know, so at that point I'm thinking, well, maybe I have a stress fracture or something along those lines. And, you know, so then we go down the road of x-rays and an MRI and the podiatrist did a couple rounds of some steroid injections and they gave me some orthotics that were just sort of their generic, here you go, these are orthotics that have a higher arch and we kind of hand them out to everybody was sort of the opinion that I got, you know, at that time, he said, I'm gonna give you a prescription for custom orthotics and we'll see, you know, if you go down that road, if we can get this to calm down. So he diagnosed it then at that point, there wasn't any, you know, fractures or bone issues. It was um, capsulitis. So inflammation of that uh, capsule area between the metatarsals. So. And, and really throughout that whole process, I tried every possible gadget that I could find on Amazon <laughs> that was mm-hmm. designed to help relieve foot pressure and, and those sort of things. And uh, my wife was kind of laughing at me because something arrived at the house about every other day, like, okay, what are we trying now? And, <laughs> and uh, nothing really worked very well. And so then the custom orthotics, um, that helped, that took, uh, several visits with the, uh, the guy at, uh, uh at Hangar Clinic is where I went and he was really good and patient and working with me and, you know, fixing it. And I think you commented, you know, after looking at the orthotics that they were pretty, pretty clever the way that he had built it to kind of relieve the pressure. And that did help, but he talked in terms of, so, you know, these are generally, Sturdy enough that they'll probably last you, you know, you can run in them and they'll probably last you maybe three to four years. And then you'll probably have to get another. And that, you know, while it was encouraging that I didn't have pain now when I was walking, that kind of planted the seed in my brain of I don't want to have to wear orthotics for the rest of my life. That just doesn't seem, you know, because you can already tell that your foot feels different in the orthotic. And I, You know, you wonder, well, what secondary effect does that have of now I've got an orthotic and my foot is kind of positioned differently. And if I start running again, is that gonna lead to some other issues like a knee issue or a hip issue or whatever, right? And um, so after wearing the orthotics for quite a while, it still wasn't completely resolved. And so I went back to the podiatrist again, and he, he said, and I was grateful to hear this, he said, really, I do a lot of surgeries, your foot is not necessarily a candidate that I would want to say surgery is going to fix this because it's really not in that bad of position. So, thankfully, he said, you know, I kind of pushed him a little bit, is there exercises or physical therapy or something along those lines that I can do? And he said, yeah, you know, now that you say that, why don't we get you hooked up with Freedom? And um, so that was when I got the referral to you guys, and and uh, You know, from there, then you kind of know the story is how it's gone in that way.
1: Yeah. So, what are you, so when was all that taking place? How long ago? So, that was from September of last
0: year through pretty much April and May of this year. And then I think uh, in May, I was when I set up the appointment with you guys. And I think we started like right at the beginning of June.
1: Yeah. And then when did you have the actual running assessment? Cuz we didn't start off at that cuz you weren't running.
0: We didn't. We we did. Seem like we did a couple, at least 2 weeks of sessions with Emmy before I did the the running assessment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And what what took place during the running assessment? What what did you experience? What what did you feel, I guess at the time?
0: Yeah. So that was really interesting. Um, it was, um, a quick, you know, kind of hop on the treadmill. We're going to evaluate a whole bunch of different things biomechanically, you know, with how your stride is and where your weight is distributed and, um, what muscles are firing and which ones aren't. And and then some of the other tests that we did with measuring the leg strength of the right leg versus the left. And, um, you know, really kind of you guys were great about being able to focus in pretty quickly on the two key problem areas that then we really drilled down on with the subsequent therapy in, you know, the the inflexibility of my right ankle and the weakness in the right glute. I, I remember when, you know, we were doing that assessment, and you, you're showing the, the muscle activity on the screens and the difference between the right and the left. And it was like, wow, the, the right side almost looks like, you know, the equipment isn't functioning because there's <laughs> no response. But I know I'm moving my leg. I know I'm trying to, you know, try to flex that muscle and it's not happening. So um, so that was really great because it, it, you know, and you explained it really, really well, especially with regard to the, the, the ankle issue, you know, with that, ankle not doing its job properly to absorb the the ground force, that force has to go somewhere. And for me, it was going to the ball of my foot and that metatarsal. And, you know, that all just made perfect sense. Like, okay, aha, thank you, God, this makes sense. Now, mm-hmm. you know, we have a plan. and 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 you talked in that assessment about, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have a, a long term goal of Getting you out of the orthotic, the orthotics doing its purpose for a short period, taking that pressure off getting you to uh, a place where your foot isn't in pain. But now let's, let's, we want to really think about long-term and, and let's work on eventually getting rid of that. So all that stuff sounded just terrific to me.
1: So having gone through the meet with your doctor, refer out to podiatry, go through x-ray, go through MRI you advocated for yourself to try some exercises and some PT potentially because that's ha- that's helped in the past. And you're, you're thinking there's gotta be something else out there. If surgery is not possible, then something else has to be possible because I don't want to just keep living this way. You advocated right. for yourself. If you could kind of pinpoint why you advocated for yourself, that'd be really helpful for our listeners. What was it about your experience that made you think there's gotta be something more?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think really it just came down to, you know, the, the podiatrist had, had laid out, you know, these are the things we've got on the, in our toolbox to try. Well, okay, we tried those and they really didn't work. Um, and I wasn't content and just, okay, so I, I, you know, this is marginally better with the orthotic. Uh, it's it's to the point where I can walk around and not be in pain as long as I have the orthotic in my shoe. But in reality, to me, that just seemed very limiting. And so I kept thinking, you know, there's there's got to be other alternatives out there. And, and you know, again, just kind of coming back to um, what can I do that's going to I guess the best way to say it is to kind of put it back on me to to fix whatever's wrong that created this problem to begin with. You know what I mean? Um, So it it was kind of one of those things of realizing that the, the doctors and the people along the process, they're doing their part, and that's all great. But this is me. You know, they're not living with this every day. And I am, and I don't want to keep scheduling appointments, you know, every week or two weeks and, you know, going in and saying, well, it's still not better, or let's try this, or let's try that. And if you tape it this way, then that helps minimize Okay, well, that's great for today, but I don't want to tape my toe for the rest of my life kind of thing. So that was sort of my mindset is there's got to be a way to get to the heart of it and fix it. And I was kind of, it was dejecting to go through that and not really feel like you're getting better. And to have something that you enjoy doing not be accessible to you you know and and the value of that and just not only the health benefits but the you know the mental benefits of stress relief and and just that relaxation and to get out and kind of clear your mind and go run and now i can't do that and you know and this a lot of time was going through the winter you know so it's cold out you can't really hop on your bike and you know kind of get some sort of activity that way either so yeah it, it was really just um pushing for myself because I knew that they weren't going to do that
1: did at any point during this process the thought that you're now 58 creep into your head I guess you're 57 sorry I keep calling you 58 you turned 58 in September Almost. excuse me you're like wait a okay. time out back out. so at any point did you think oh I'm the old guy now this is maybe something I need to consider to be a no longer activity I guess um,
0: no i didn't I didn't really want to to be to the point of accepting that that's where I think that's probably the the heart of it all was like you know, come on, I'm you know thank God i I, I have relatively few other health issues. there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to to be active at this age, yeah, it might hurt a little more the next day I might you know, hobble around and, and whatever for a few hours when I get out of bed or, or what, you know, those type of things that didn't happen 20 or 30 years ago, but I still want to move, you know, and, and again, it, for me, it just kind of, God designed us to be moving, not sitting and inactive. And, you know, that's not how our bodies are, are built. So there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to, to try to continue to do those things that, keep me active and um so yeah i didn't you know maybe maybe when i'm maybe when i'm 78 or 88 then i'll start thinking old guy i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well are you running now so yes um i i am um we started so with with uh emmy's guidance you know with you know the 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 sessions that we did a couple of times a week um, she felt like okay i think you're at the point now let's try some short stints of running. and um, and thank God, with the heat that we've had, uh, I've got a treadmill in our basement that I've been able to you know hop on and not have to go out and try to suffer through ninety five degree weather and and do a little running. And so we just started out with very simple one minute walk, one minute run, slow pace, just do that, you know, build up to ten minutes. And and let's you know evaluate and then tell me how it goes when you come back in next week. And so we started there, and um, it's gone pretty well. And I you know progressed up to actually just yesterday. So I did thirty minutes total run time, uh, five minute running, one minute walk, six sets of those. It feels good. I don't uh, my foot doesn't hurt while I'm running. Uh, I still have the orthotic in, so we haven't, you know, we haven't moved past that yet, but uh, I can feel a lot more strength and flexibility in my ankle, and I can tell with the exercises that I'm doing that that imbalance between the leg strength is narrowing, it, you know, it's not maybe quite equal in both, but it's better than where I started, and um, so, yeah, so it's nice to to kind of, you know, in my brain say, okay, I'm running again, because, a couple months ago, I didn't see that as happening as quickly as it as it is, and really grateful for the work that you guys and the team there have, you know, given me to to get to this point.
1: So, if you could tell the listeners one thing, now knowing what you've now that what you know and having gone through what you've gone through, especially over the last twenty years, what would you want to tell them?
0: Um, yeah. So I think really just not giving up on yourself and giving those limitations to yourself. Like, I I think just in general people, you know, kind of tend to accept that, oh, well, I guess you have to not do that anymore or I guess you have to find something else. And and, and maybe in the end you might truly have to, but it seemed in my case, you know, it just felt like that was kind of quitting too easily. And so, you know, I would say to people out there is, you know, it's an investment in yourself. It's, it's not, you know, try not to, to me, it's trying not to think about, oh no, this is how it's going to be for the rest of my life. It's okay. What do I need to change to make it better so that I can continue to do the things that provide me health benefits, provide me, you know, happiness and joy and in, in being active and, and, you know, the time that you put into it, at the time you're doing it, it kind of may seem grueling and boring. And um, I think you said it best at one point, you know, it, it's, it's the little things, doing the little things over and over again, translate into big results. And that, you know, again, is, I guess, kind of um, the take home message. Because, you know, if you if you find some people that can support you along the way, and and help you through that process to figure out what's really wrong, you can get better. And, you know, with my situation, it didn't involve some kind of surgery or, you know, a, an elaborate um, orthotics that, you know, I'm going to have to wear for the rest of my life. Because I'm hopeful now we're at the point, okay, I think we can maybe start talking about transitioning away from that. And that would be great. So for, for people out there that are dealing with whatever it is, it, I would just continue to encourage them to um,
1: invest in themselves. I'm grateful for you jumping on and sharing that. And this podcast is, is really is positioned to um, be an impact for a long time. Can we start making a difference slowly over time? Because little habits like we talked about, over time can have big results. And that's exactly what this podcast is, is intended to do is continually share stories of people who have either advocated for themselves or invested in themselves, that which over time has had, again, big results. And for you, it's running. For somebody else, it might be uh, back pain. Someone else, it could be trauma of losing a loved one. I mean, there's so many factors right, um, that lead towards wanting to not move. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing that. And I'll see you this afternoon.
0: Okay, have a good day.
1: Hi, Mark. Thanks. Thanks, Donnie. After that discussion with Mark, I'm just continually reminded of how important it is to take care of ourselves so that we can impact the others around us. I think we tend to forget that often. Look to help everybody else and put ourselves so far last that eventually it does catch up to us. Appreciative of Mark, grateful for his story and his testimony. If you're in the Kansas City area and we can help you out, feel free to reach out to us at info at or follow us on one of our social media outlets. Instagram is at FreedomPTTC and Facebook is Freedom Physical Therapy and Training Center. Remember, subscribe to our podcast so you can get updates on when the next Freedom Stories go live.